Well, what's up, everyone? This is the Matt Kreiser Show, and I'm Matt Kreiser. And today I'm so excited to have on my guest, Evan Boydston, who's an absolute animal. He just finished 100,000 pull ups <laughs> in less than a year. I still don't know why he did it, but we're going to find out why. Uh, Evan, welcome to the show, man. Hey, what's up? How are we doing? We're doing good. I mean, we just had the Super Bowl. Now we're having Elon pumping Bitcoin. I can't complain. I uh, know. I know. I'm pumped. I, uh, I, I hate to admit this though, but I actually didn't watch the Super Bowl. I, uh, I, I went on an eight mile run instead. So in very on brand for me though, That's I, super I was, on uh, brand, working man. out, working out instead though, you know, it was just one of those things where I meant to only run a 5k and then I just kept going. I was feeling really good. You know, this time, oh, I, I mean, you have a leg injury right now, so I don't want to rub this in your face, but you know, when your legs are feeling really good, you know, and you're just like, oh, let's just keep going. So it was one of those things I hit five miles. I'm like, oh, we can keep going, you know, and then I hit six, I did a 10k and then I just kept running and running. And then I felt like a uh, Forrest Gump when he's just like, oh, it just felt like running, you know, and it was one of those things. And then I guess I missed the whole Super Bowl. So <laughs> I don't feel bad. <laughs> Man, about that, it's funny it because you're like, I'm, I'm, uh, I'm running during the Super Bowl. I'm talking to this guy whose legs hurt and uh, I'm rubbing it in his face now. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no, but seriously, Evan's the nicest guy, but, but it is funny that you Thank do that. You. It's, it's a good humor. Oh, totally. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it, I feel bad though, because like, I, I'll get this a lot where people ask me like, uh, Oh, what sport do you play? Like, what's your favorite sport? What, you know, like, or they'll just start shooting stats at me from like, Oh, did you see this quarterback do this and that? I'm like, I'm sorry. I don't really, I don't really watch football. You know, I don't really. And it's like, Oh, well, what is your sport? Well, baseball, but I don't really watch that. You know, like I'm, <laughs> I'm so much more involved in like trying to optimize my health and optimize my body. And that's not like, that's not, there's nothing wrong with people that want to spend time watching sports. It's just like, I have so many things going on in my mind at one time. It's like, I can't get absolutely obsessed in a sport because I know once I, once I get absolutely obsessed with something, you know, I will just go, I'll go deep to the rabbit hole and I'm just going to keep fully immersing myself. So I can't do that to myself. I know where my limits are. So right now it's just like working out, learning how to optimize my body and things like that. Yeah. And Bitcoin, you know, so right, like that right. and and Bitcoin. With, so. that's also yeah. on brand, but you couldn't, you couldn't run before the Super Bowl. No. So I did do 500 I, been, before, right? Yeah. So I still, I, I did work out in early in the morning and then I was, uh, I was uh, helping out my mom at her store. Uh, and then, then it, that went until like 4 PM. And then I just had to go for a run because it was so nice out here in the desert. So I'm in Palm Springs right now, it was 75 degrees or something. And uh, I just kept running. So. That's beautiful, man. When the air's yeah. right out there, I mean, springtime, it's beautiful. Yeah, it's gorgeous. All right. So let's get into it. Why? Everyone wants to know, why'd you do 100,000 pull-ups? No one gets yeah, it. I'll, I know. I don't even get it. So I'll kind of start at the very beginning. So to kind of take you back into my thinking of this, I um, back in middle school, I used to slam just like two burgers a day. I used to drink a Dr. Pepper every single day. I'd rail a line of Oreos every single day, like from Costco. It was, it was bad. Like I was, I was fat. Um, and I remember it was in February. It was actually probably around this time, um, back in February of 2007. Um, I, I was getting kind of made fun of at school, you know, like my friends would poke my stomach and be like, Oh, like you're the fat friend and, and things like that. And it was all in good fun. Like now looking back, I'm so thankful that they did that, you know? Right. Um, and, uh, my little brother, we were brushing our teeth one day and I, I had my, yeah, I had my shirt off and he looked at me and he's like, Evan, you're fat. And I just started crying my eyes out and I was bawling my eyes out. This is way back in 2007. Why do you laugh when you say like, that now? Cause it still hurt, right? <laughs> <laughs> no. So that's why, because like, I remember thinking I was just like, I, I'm crying. I'm like, my little brother, he's ruining my life, you know, and I'm like crying to my mom and dad. I'm just like, everyone's making fun of me. I'm fat. And I remember like, I was laying in my bed in, in this room, actually, I was laying in my bed and I was just like, 
sniffling around and it was about midnight and I remember like, sitting up and I was just like, wait a minute. Okay. I don't have to be fat if I don't want to. So I started thinking about all these different things. I'm like, okay, I'm eating, you know, I'm drinking a dark pepper every single day. I'm going to cut out soda. I actually haven't had a full on 12 ounce soda since 2007. Um, you know, and, and I, I was thinking like, okay, I'm eating all this candy. I'm eating all these burgers. I need to actually cut this down. I started really learning it. I started digging into like what actually makes someone healthy. And, um, I ended up going from like 140 pounds as a seventh grader to about 110 pounds. So I dropped 30 pounds during that time and grew out my hair, um, started wearing skinny jeans. So I remember showing up back at school in eighth grade, just completely different person. Like everyone, all my friends were like, I didn't see anyone over the summer because then I got a weight set for my birthday in June, started working out, you know, really getting into shape. And um, everyone was like, whoa, Evan, is that you? You know, and I'm just like, oh man, this is a good feeling, you know, where I actually had control over that. But in that moment, I completely rewired my brain to have that sense of thinking where it's like, I, if I want to be skinny, I can, it's up to me though, you know? And then, and then I've, I've really, I've, I've used that mentality for a lot of different aspects in my life. Just knowing that, you know, if I have a goal, it's going to take time to get there and it's going to be, you know, it's going to take one day compounding onto the next day and just getting 1% better every single day. And like, I was a seventh grader when I did that. No seventh grader thinks like that. I know seventh grader cuts out soda and whatnot, you know? Now, now I still, dude, I, I crush Girl Scout cookies like left and right. I am a huge advocate of just eating whatever you want, but like I went on an eight mile run before the Super Bowl. And you my don't have to live with the consequences that. of it. Right. But, no, but okay. Like, so I, I love I the story, been, right? Yeah. So people tell you that story and they're like, now I have a six pack. Now I have a little bit of abs. Now I have my beach bod for the yeah. summer, but you did a yeah. hundred thousand pull-ups, Evan. Okay. So, the so you gotta, you gotta I, explain I did it more. A science project. So I actually did a science project um, that year where um, it was called Kid Fit, and it was all about. So everything kind of coincided at the exact perfect time in my life. So then um, I did. I, I was doing how, how many. Um, I started out um, seeing how many pull-ups I could do, how many sips I could do, how many um, you know push-ups I could do, just everything fitness. I was able. I went from zero pull-ups to one pull-up in that eight-week time span of of trying this out. So that was the very inception of it. Um, fast forward into college, you know, I played baseball throughout high school, started working out. My, my dad built a gym in our garage, um, you know, so it, but we're just doing like only bicep curls and chest all the time, you know, and that's all we did to work out. I never worked out legs or anything like that. Um, but anyway, so then I, I always thought like, okay, my older brother, he's six foot. He's a pitcher. He played baseball at Cal State Monterey Bay. Um, he, um, he was just a phenomenal athlete. My younger brother, he's six foot four. Um, he's a water polo player, just an absolute stud. Meanwhile, I'm over here five foot nine with shoes on, you know, so I got to do something to separate myself. So I'm like, okay. Okay. So you got a chip really on cool. your shoulder. No. So I got, I got something, I got a little attitude where I'm like, okay, I got to do something to set myself apart though. So I was like, okay, one thing that's really cool seeing people in the gym where it's, this is all, this is relative strength to them is seeing them just like crush a bunch of pull-ups. So, I mean, you've seen people where they could just crush like 10, 15 pull-ups and it's like, wow, okay, that's pretty impressive because, you know, you still have to have that strength. It doesn't matter if you're skinny or small or whatever, it's all relative to you. So I was like really happy about that where it's based off of my own merit. So I started just working on my pull-ups and I was able to do like 10 um, at the very beginning uh, stages of college. And then I started, um, you know, tr trying to increase that. I wanted to get to 20. Then after that, I wanted to get to 30 pull-ups in a row. And right now I'm at about 35 in a row that I can do, but, um, I thought, okay, I, you know, like this is the best workout right here. You know? Um, and then I watched, um, I watched Aquaman. Um, I watched Aquaman, uh, with what's the name? What's the guy that's the actor for the, uh, Jason Momoa. Okay. Yeah. yeah. So, so I was like, okay, this guy, he's, he's ripped. Like that is a phenomenal body. And I was just like, I want to look like that. So I looked up his workouts and he was doing a bunch of pull-ups. He was doing a bunch of like, um, just like body weight, things like that. So I it started implementing more pull-ups in my workout. Anytime that I would do like a chest day, every single time I would stop, you know, I would, I would do a set, I would go run over and do 10 pull-ups and I'd just bust out 10. So 
every single day I was doing about 100 pull-ups every single day. So then I thought, now it's at the beginning of 2019. So then I thought, okay, throughout the whole year, leading up to the very end of the year, I'm like, okay, that means I'm doing about 36,500 pull-ups in one year. And I was just like, why don't I increase this to 50,000? So this is going into 2020 last yeah. year. And I was like, what if, how much, how many would I have to do to do, uh, to do 50,000? I, I calculated that out. And then I was like, you know, why don't we just do a hundred thousand? If I start at the beginning of the year, that would be huge. So I calculated out, I would have to do 274.3 pull-ups every single day to hit a hundred thousand by the end of the year. So I'm like, okay, that's my goal. I'm just going to do 300 every single day, just in case I have to miss a few days here and there. Um, and that'll make up for it. So as long as I do 300 pull-ups every single day, I'll be fine. So I, I came up with, with this idea in September of 2019, which means I knew that I had to work up to get to the point of being able to do 300 pull-ups every single day. So I'd start with doing 150 pull-ups in the morning, 150 pull-ups in the afternoon. So I would have to, I would just make sure that I busted them out. I was so sore. It was awful. It was terrible. But you know, there's something about Wait, like when you how, how bad was it? Swing, like, were you oh, dude, like those first like, couple? Weeks. I was just like, yeah, I was stuck like this. Like it was so it, like you can actually feel, but then there's, there's something about like when you push your body to, um, and it starts getting used to it, you know, it's, it's like the work capacity that you keep increasing and whatnot, your body just naturally starts getting used to it because it knows like, okay, this is the time of day we do the pull-ups. We got to make sure that we're ready and engaged and everything. Right. Because so when I hurt then, my leg, I messaged you. I yeah. was like, what can I do? So I started doing a hundred strict yeah. a day body weight. And I mm -hmm. kind of hit a plateau where I was taking, you know, 13, 14 minutes to do those hundred strict, but I wasn't yes. getting sore. Yeah. Then you're like, yeah, throw some exactly. weight on there, do weighted strict pull-ups. I did one and, day and of weighted strict pull-ups and it didn't actually take me that much longer, but man, <laughs> yeah. am I sore mm -hmm. from that. So when your body no, has to totally. adapt, that beginning period's tough. No, exactly. And a book that I read that was really great. I read this after all my pull-ups um, when I was training for a triathlon. Um, it's, uh, it's by a guy named Ross Edgley, um, The Art of Resiliency. And he's this guy from the UK that swam around. Um, he swam around all of the UK, like all around Scotland and everything too, like literally swam. And he talked about how he lost all of his strength in his legs, but he became like a turtle because his body was adapting to him swimming and everything, every single muscle that was going to it. So, and he wasn't sore after that or anything like that. But anyways, I digress. So that's kind of like a lot of those same principles going on and whatnot, but um, I your started back's increasing. just crushed, like you're shriveled up, super sore, but you start adapting. Dude, yeah, my back. And and like, I have comparison pictures of, of like 2018 of just like my back. Cause I always thought like, oh, I got a big back. I can do a bunch of pull-ups, but nothing compared to like where I, where I'm at now. And then even when um, I did a thousand pull-ups in one day to kind of cap everything off though, but pretty much January started out my goal. Uh, January, 2020 started hitting it hard. Um, I made sure I did 300 pull-ups that first day, um, started pushing through. Um, March 18th, we got sent home, working from home. So I'm living up in the Bay at this time and I'm still doing about 300 pull-ups every single day. But then we started working from home after that because of the pandemic. So I, where are you doing these? Are you home, doing these in your apartment? Are you doing them at the park? Where are you? Yeah. So we have a really nice, we had a really nice park in our neighborhood, but I, the only workout equipment I have at home is a pull-up bar. So I'm like, okay, you know what? It's state. I, I, I <laughs> guess I just got to do pull-ups. So I started increasing increasing it from 300 pull-ups a day to two, to uh, 400. So I did 200 in the morning, 200 in the afternoon. Um, and then I was just like, you know what, screw it. We're just going to do 500 every single day. And I calculated out. And I'm like, okay, if I keep doing 500 every single day, I'll be done sometime in August. Like, that's awesome. I'm getting really sick of these pull-ups. It's really boring. You know, I got to make sure I just push through. So then every single day it would hit lunchtime and I would just start busting out pull-ups and you'd hear like the, the, you'd hear the, uh, um, 
the house kind of creak a little bit from like just how much I was just like I, I I destroyed that door frame. I'm so surprised that we got a security deposit back though. But I'm pretty <laughs> much like my whole lunch break I'm doing pull ups, and I I went from a point where I, it took me about two hours to do um 500 pull ups in a row, and I knocked it all the way down to 55 minutes, and I was like, okay, this is my new goal. So I would do. I would literally just be moving the whole time where I do a set of 10, drop down do 10 pushups, 10 pull-ups, 10 pushups, 10 pull-ups, 10 pushups. So one thing that I don't mention um, is I'm doing pretty much the exact same amount of pushups as I am doing pull-ups. So last year I probably did about a hundred thousand pushups as well because we didn't have gyms or anything, you know? So um, my body just started adapting and, and here, we, here we are, you know, and I finished in August 6th. I ended, I was so sick of that. I didn't want to go an extra day. I did a hundred thousand or I did 1000 pull-ups in one day. And I have a picture on my uh, Instagram of just like my back looking stupid. Like it looks so stupid. If you <laughs> It saw looks my like legs, a turtle a little bit. Tiny. I saw it. I know. <laughs> yeah. So, so that's kind of the story about yeah, the pull-ups and everything just kind of worked out. And the only reason why I, I was probably able to do pull-ups as fast as I did and, and get so adapted as quickly as I did was because of the pandemic. It was honestly the best thing that happened in my body because I, you know, I cut out a lot of the BS that I was doing on the weekend. You know, I, I saved so much money. I, I got completely debt free. Um, you know, I, I worked on my health. I started becoming a runner as well. You know, so it's like all these weird things that happened because of that. Right. That's amazing. But I got to ask mm -hmm. you, you said you went from, you know, 300 to 400 to 500. What was the yeah. hardest part of getting there? I mean, you said you got to the point where you could just bounce these sets of 10. Did you start with sets of 10? How'd you break through those plateaus and get up from 300 to 500? And how'd you, how were those yeah. first few days at 300? Yeah, no. So I, you know, I, 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 um, I'm a huge fan of David Goggins and a lot of people in like the workout space know David Goggins, how he's just an absolute badass. And then uh, he's just that kind of person that if you feel like, if you, if you feel like a pussy, you know, that, am I allowed to say that? Sorry. I don't know. Say whatever you want, man. <laughs> but, but, but it's like, if you, if you feel bad about yourself, you know, then you have David Goggins um, yelling in your ear about his whole life story. Um, you know, you don't feel as bad about yourself anymore. So that was one thing I was just like, okay, you know what? David Goggins has the record for the most pulps in one day. I think, I think he actually ended up breaking that record. Um, and he was, so I was just like, okay, how many you know is what? that? It's like 7,000 or something. It's, it's something insane. Yeah. It was, um, I think it's like 5,000 something. 5, I can look that up or something and whatnot, but either way, 5,000 in a day, because like, even after 1000, I was done, you know, like my hands were in pain. I, it was almost like I had arthritis or something in my hands for a little bit after that too. Um, but the way, the biggest way that I started increasing my, my work capacity and being able to go from 300 to 400 to 500 was literally just my mentality. That was all it was. It was just changing my mindset because I know that I could always do 10 more. If you break down these big goals in these tiny little increments, and that was something I learned from reading Atomic Habits by James Clear, big fan of that book. But if you break everything down in these tiny little increments, then it makes it that much easier to, to kind of to, to see your goal laid out in front of you. So like for me, it was just like just 10 more, you know, just 10 more. Oh, okay. Now uh, there's 100 more. That's only 10 more 10 times, you know. So it's just like, okay, I got this. This is going to be easy. Even when I'm doing an extended amount of pull-ups, like if I'm trying to hit 30 pull-ups in one sitting, I count in fives. One, two, three, four, five. Okay, first five. One, two, three, four. And then it's always like just getting to that next five. And that's all it is. And then I realized, okay, I'm getting a pretty good workout in, in an hour. You know, like, I love this. This is great. I'm not going to be getting that quarantine 15 like everyone else. You know, right. like, this is awesome. So that was kind of my- I love that. But I also am a big fan of David Goggins. And there was a time in his life where his body just said no after he put in all the that hard work. Was there ever a time in your journey of 100,000 pull-ups where the body wanted to just say no? Yeah. So my fingers really started rejecting uh, the amount of pull-ups I was doing in a day. And that was actually in about July, 
uh, end of July. So I finished on August 6th and end of July was when my fingers were like stuck like this. They're permanently stuck like this. I could barely like open them up. It was painful to open them up. It was the weirdest thing. I started taking um, this uh, active joint um, vitamin and like I knew, I knew that I couldn't keep doing this anymore. Um, so, I, but like, literally I would wake up in the morning, my hands would just be like stuck. Oh like my it. it was gosh. the most bizarre thing ever. So you I got was the like, on your you know, hands, I, man. No, I know seriously, but I didn't know what to do. Cause I, even if I stretched them out, like it was just, I, I was like doing early onset arthritis for my hands. So I knew that I needed to just get it over with and just get it done. So I just pushed through the pain though. Um, and just kept, kept going through because I knew that I was going to be done soon. Um, and that was probably the hardest part for me was just my hands. My back was fine. Everything completely adapted. Your body adapts pretty, pretty quickly to things like this. And I, I, right. I don't think people realize that, you know, a lot of people say like, oh, I need to do a rest day. It's like, well, we don't really break down our bodies near as much as most people think that like the people that say that you need a rest day are, are really using and abusing their body. They need the rest day. Whereas like, you know, the average Joe, I mean, that's just my own personal thought. I don't like resting. I like having active rest days and everything too. Like yesterday it was kind of a rest day and I ran eight miles, you know, that's my rest day. You know, but, um, and that's During not to like rub it in anyone's face. Yeah, yeah, exactly. That's not to rub it in anyone's face. That's just what I enjoy doing, you know, because I love moving around. I pop on a podcast. I just kind of get in the zone and that's like, and whatnot. But that was what, what the biggest rejection was my hands. And now they're fine. So I had to take, so as soon as I finished on August 6th, I took three days off of no pull-ups. And then I couldn't not do pull-ups because it was just kind of like, it, I felt weird, you know, but then I only was doing about a hundred every single day. Now I'm back to, to doing 200 every single day. So probably by the end of the year, I think I did about a thousand or 125 ish thousand pull-ups by the end of the year. That's unbelievable. And that was your goal for 2020 to hit hundred K and you hit it like four months early. Yeah. So what do yeah. you do for the rest of the rest of the four months of the year? It sounds like you couldn't sit still. No, I know. So I, so then I signed up for a triathlon because I started getting into running in May. Um, one of my, one of my friends, she bet me that she could run a faster mile than me. And I, mind you, I, I hadn't ran a mile, um, and since God, um, probably high school, high school gym class, I hadn't run a mile at all. And uh, I was like, okay, fine. I'll take that bet. So I put on my running shoes, started running. It was awful. That, that first mile was absolutely terrible, but I was determined to beat her. Um, because I, you know, it's like, I'm not going to lose that, you know? Uh, so then I, all of a sudden I hit, I hit a point though, where I kept beating her mile time and she kept, she, she kept beating mine, but then I kept beating hers. And then I just kept getting lower and lower, ended up getting like a six Oh seven mile time, which is I'm like, I'm like a little meatball. I got tiny little legs. I got a really long torso. I'm very Neanderthal. You know, okay. even when I did 23 and me, um, I actually have 92% more Neanderthal variants than most people that do 23 and me. So I've definitely got like, that explains the pull-ups, so, man exactly that's why i have the ability to do you that. were made so for this exactly so like i was like so i then i started um increasing the distance on the running i'm like this is actually a lot of fun you know i'm getting outside when you're cooped up in your home you know like everyone's cooped up at their home i'm going outside i'm starting to do trail runs and everything started increasing it um got it started running 5ks you know started running 10ks now you know like increasing the amount um and i thought why don't i just do a triathlon you know i know how to swim i know how to ride a bike i know how to run now you know let's just combine all three so signed up for a triathlon started training super hard for it. I was swimming in my backyard, swimming a mile every single day, um, going for a run right after that, yeah, hopping on the bike, watching TV or, or like watching a show or like watching YouTube videos or something like that. So I was like optimizing my time at least though. And then they ended up canceling the triathlon, but then I had this new level of just my work capacity and my work ethic. So I just kept that going. So every single day I'm either doing like some sort of run or, and still lifting, like 
um, later on today, I'm going to be going to the gym and like lifting. And then tomorrow I'm going to wake up in the morning, do another long run and then do a leg day afterwards, like later on in the day, once my leg recovers. So just like things like that. So I, I've optimized just kind of like that. It kind of cre- it broke these barriers in my head where it's like, oh, I can do this now. You know, this is how I should always be training. Yeah. And I heard you're looking for a new goal. Have you figured out what you want that to be? Cause we're, we're breaking on two months into 2020. I know I, um, my new goal is going to be a, um, a half Ironman. So that is what I'm going to be training for. I don't have one signed up yet. I do still, I'm still the one, the, the triathlon. So when you say half Ironman, that sounds a lot easier than a hundred thousand pull-ups. Do you want to get a good time in that <laughs> half Ironman? You're not just trying to complete it or how do you think about it? No, that? because my, now my long-term goal is to run an Ironman before I'm 30. So like, if I kind of break it down where it's like, I run the half Ironman first and then um, run the Ironman before I'm 30, that's kind of like a good way for me to stay on track, you know, for these different goals. But I haven't really, I haven't really thought about like what a good time would be. I just want to finish it. Okay. You know, I think that's the biggest thing. <laughs> just, just be a finisher on that, you know? Yeah. So. And you like these big high rep workouts when you go to the gym and yeah. you lift heavy, do you like the same thing? Do you like to just sit on the squat rack and knock out a hundred back squats? Like, how do you approach that? Yeah. So I, I'm sure you do CrossFit. So, um, right. or, you know, a lot about the CrossFit space. So I'm a huge fan of Ryan Fisher. Do you know Ryan Fisher, um, from CrossFit chalk? I don't. Okay. Crazy, so look up I Ryan follow Fisher, like 80 so, people on Instagram who, are yeah, check CrossFit. out, check out Ryan Fisher. I'll send you him. Um, but Ryan Fisher, he's this guy, he, I don't, I'm talking about him. Like I'm best buds with him, but he's, uh, he's got a place in Newport beach. Um, and he has, um, he has the, uh, this, this workout book called, um, it's a, it's called H I I B. So high intensity, um, high intensity interval bodybuilding. So it's kind of like hit, but for bodybuilding and pretty much it's the German volume, uh, bodybuilding style where it's, you're literally, st- you're, you're doing what you would do for like CrossFit. You know, how it's like, you're, you're doing a lot of high reps and, and uh, high workload and whatnot. So it's a lot of that, but it's like strictly. So like, his bodybuilding book, it's pretty much broken down into, like you said, hundred back squats, but at like a high, high weight and high reps. So it's like, you're forcing your body to increase its workload, to increase its work capacity, and also have that cardio aspect to it though, too, because you're timing yourself, you know, you're making sure that you're getting through it as fast as possible. So that was kind of like the principle that I've been, that I've been trying to implement because I still want to gain size, but then I also still want to have the cardio aspect too. And he's someone that he rides, he'll go on like a 50 mile bike ride, but then he'll, you know, deadlift 500 something pounds. So he has the ability to do both. He's got the size and the strength. And pretty much all that is, is, you know, people are always afraid like, oh, if I'm, if I'm going to be doing all this cardio, I'm probably going to be losing all my gains. No, you just got to eat a lot, you know, and you just got to eat smart and you'll be fine though. You know, so that's kind of like now my principle. Because for so many people and me included, the strength has been the biggest, uh, problem. You know, you have the metabolic capacity in CrossFit, but -hmm. these top elite guys, they have that insane metabolic capacity, but you know, they're deadlifting 500 pounds. They're doing squats, reps at 315 in, in the game. So I think that's the thing. And Mm -hmm. that's really interesting that his training styles like that, is it sort of designed for that, that you can bulk up and still have that metabolic capacity? Yeah. But he also has different training programs though, too. So he's tried all these different ones where he has like a superset, um, uh, book where he like did eight weeks of just only doing supersets in like a, a box gym. Then he has a whole body weight bo- uh, book on you. All you need is like one dumbbell, you know, um, he has this thing called the daily dumbbell where, or, or something like that, where you literally only use one dumbbell for all of your workouts and you got to check this guy out and then it'll make sense. All right, cool. And, I'm, he, and I'm, we're talking just, and I'm in Newport beach. So I got to visit this guy too. I can't believe you haven't heard of CrossFit Chalk or it's called Chalk because the guy, they don't, he's not like, 
he's not limiting himself just to CrossFit because there's right. so many different other styles that he's doing, but it, it's all centered around that, that awesome, you know, like increase your work capacity, increase the workload um, speed, but then also being efficient and, and being safe and everything too. So um, yeah, definitely check him out. You'll, you'll love that, you know, but it's, it's kind of that principle. And I've really taken that principle because, you know, I, I see these Navy SEALs that do all these that they'll go, you know, they'll go days of, of just getting beat down, you know, but they can still push through. They're still able to do all these pushups and they still come out jacked and whatnot. And I'm like, there's something to that. You know, these army rangers have to spend 70 days out in nature, you know, and it's like they have to push their body to these limits. And I'm like, here I am. I'm sitting comfortably in this little room, you know, and uh, I could probably force my body to do so much, so many, so many more harder things. And I'm not doing that, you know, so it's just like, OK, how can I? How can I beat my body down a little bit more? How can I make life a little bit harder? But, you know, in the long run, that's going to increase what I can do, you know? So that's kind of like my, my thought on that. Okay. And so you want to keep that strength while you're going for that half triathlon. So what are your strength yeah. goals mm-hmm. in concordance with that? Yeah. Um, Cause right now I'm like, I'm really working on my deadlifts and, and squats. So um, I had a few different things. Like I wanted to just be able to do like rep out like three plates uh, for back squat. Um, and then also, uh, rep out, uh, four or five deadlifts. Like I want to do eight reps strict, you know, for three sets and then just keep going from there. So I'm working on that right now, but, um, just, I, I'm, I am starting to hit these, like these little goals of like being able to do these, uh, these, um, uh, strength exercises, like the, uh, the bench, bench squat and deadlift, those three right there, like where I'm really focusing on, like trying to just increase my work capacity and my workload there too. Right. And one of the most popular CrossFit workouts is Murph. And it's uh, for people who don't know, yes. it's with a weight vest, it's running a mile, yeah. it's doing a hundred pull-ups, kipping, uh, doing 200 push-ups, and then 300 air squats and then run another mile. That just seems like yeah. a workout that'd be in your wheelhouse. Did you incorporate that into your training in 2020? Or do you like to do that workout a lot? Cause it seems like something that would yeah. just go to. So I actually, um, once I finished on, uh, on August 6th, I started doing this thing called Murph Monday. So every single Monday I would do a Murph challenge and I would just try to see what my time would be, would get. I don't know how to do kipping pull-ups. I like, I, I, I'm not sure how, how to do them. So I would just be doing regular strict pull-ups with that. Um, but, but I ended up getting my Murph time, I think down to like 42 minutes or something like that. And like, now I want to break that 40 minute barrier, get down to 30 minutes and everything. So, uh, but yeah, so I was doing. And here in August in, uh, in the desert in Palm Springs, I'd be doing a Merc challenge and it'd be 120 degree heat. Oh. And I remember I'd be running. So I'd be running and I was just like, oh man, I'm built different. And then I just thought, wait, no, I'm just built stupid. Well, no one else <laughs> is doing this because I'm stupid right now. You know, like you running, in the weight vest middle too? of day, I'm in, I'm in a 20 pound weight vest and I'm running a mile, you know, doing all my pull-ups, everything. My dad would like come out into the garage and just laugh at me. I'd just be like on the ground, just dead. But then I always thought like, okay, if I'm one mile, uh, in this weather, it's kind of like two miles in regular weather. So that was like, I'm like, okay, I'm, I'm pushing myself even harder right now, you know? But, uh, so then I was doing, I was doing Merc Monday for pretty religiously for a while until I started really focusing on the triathlon though. But that's one of my favorite workouts. It's, it's insane. You know, a quick 40 to 45 minute workout, just killing yourself after it's amazing. It is man. And, uh, we got to get into the motivation here because you were talking about David Goggins, you know, he had a crazy life story that motivated him. It sounds like for you, it was some of that stuff from your childhood, but also it sounds like you're just happy. You love this stuff. You're having a ton of fun. I want to understand exactly what it is. If you just had to put in, you know, a couple sentences, a couple paragraphs, what it is that drives you today. Yeah. I mean, I think the biggest thing, it's like, I am so lucky that I can beat my body up like this you know, and I'm so lucky that I feel like I unlocked this secret that, that I want to tell as many people about, but, you know, and some people want to listen. Um, some people don't, and that's fine, you know, but I love, 
you know, I'd like, I loved how you reached out to me and messaged me and, and asked me about tips. Cause I know you're going to implement them. You know, you have the mindset where it's like, you actually want to learn and better yourself. And I love, you know, it, I love when, when uh, someone who also likes to optimize my life and, and better myself, you know, once you talk to someone who also enjoys that too, it's just like, it's like the perfect, it's, it's like a perfect combination, you know, because then you're feeding off each other's energy and everything. Um, so I, I just love being able to help people that want to help themselves. So, you know, I can, I can tell people all day how to eat. I can tell people all day how to work out, but if you don't want to listen and actually do, do that and implement it yourself, then it's kind of like a waste of my time and whatnot. So I love when people reach out to me and ask me about that. And it just fires me up because it's like, okay, cool. You know, people, there's, there's a weird period right now where a lot of people that I went to college with, it's almost like this is the end for them. They're just teetering off. And it's, this is the really the, this, the, the accumulation of just the extra body fat, the, the, uh, the accumulation of just like, oh, woe is me, that kind of mentality where it's like, no, there's some people that are reinventing themselves in, thir in their 30s and their 40s. They're reinventing their bodies in their 40s and 50s. It's not too late. And it's crazy you know? because but some right of now, those people reinvented themselves financially. Like they did really yes. well for mm -hmm. themselves financially, but on this other part, they're descending. And it's like, no, I want to yeah. be going mm -hmm. up in all areas of my life, you know, relationships, yeah. well, mm -hmm. you know, financial well-being and my physical body. Yeah, totally. It's like a car, you know, you can't just, if you have a really nice car, you can't, you can't you neglect, you know, like getting your tires rotated, you know, you got to do all aspects. You got to put in the good gas, got to put in the right tires. You got to take it into the shop. You can't just, you know, think that you're going to put in premium gas and then it's good to go. You know, you got to make sure that you're taking care of all aspects of it. Um, and, and that's just like the biggest thing. So like right now I'm like, I'm, I'm taking a lot of time. I'm actually, uh, I'm halfway through getting my uh, certification, my uh, NASM certification. So I wanted to get that by the end of the year last year, but then I've, I've pushed that back a little bit, but I'm like almost two thirds of the way, halfway through ish. Um, so hopefully I'll have that, that finished soon. That's on me to make sure I continue on and doing that. Um, and then after that, like still just learning a ton about, um, you know, like Bitcoin and, and financial institutions and everything too. So yeah, a lot to, a lot to learn. Right, man. I mean, Elon just uh, put, put a billion dollars <laughs> of that Tesla reserve uh, cash reserve yeah. Bitcoin today. So it's an exciting time. Mm -hmm. I know. I, I saw that. And I was just like, well, it was inevitable, you know, about <laughs> time he finally came out. He was shilling, shilling Dogecoin. And then here he is finally, finally, uh, uh, announcing. I, I know I we went from GameStop to uh, Dogecoin <laughs> and now finally, finally we're at something with some real fundamental what? value, Bitcoin. I, I know like what a wild, what a wild year we've had so far in 2021, you know, like this is pretty insane. This is already, uh, you know, showing up to be a better year than 2020 for sure. Like I'm really enjoying everything that's going on. I truly loved everything that was going on with GameStop. I was listening to your, the, uh, the episode with, uh, uh, your buddy, who's the, uh, the software engineer that was in the trenches and everything. And I was like, Oh that man, he's, he's in deep. I want to know like what, what's like the outcome of, of him. Is he, is he doing okay now? Like where was he at? Yeah, he's doing okay. He, so he kind of let it row ride. So he's only yeah. up a little bit, but he was yeah. up a lot when I talked to him because it was up at like yeah, 300, like but he did yeah. a few, <laughs> few trades and that got him up a few, you know, tens of grand up. And then now yeah. maybe he's left up less than 10 grand, but he's, he's committed. You heard the podcast. He was in it. Yeah. You know, he, he's the definition of that person who's deep in the Reddit. Diamond meme. hands. Uh, he's yeah. a software engineer. He <laughs> works in gaming for take two, which actually yeah. has its, uh, earnings today. They make grand theft auto, red, Dem red dead redemption, oh, okay. UK, yeah. all those games. So, I mean, he's the ultimate gamer GameStop guy. And he would, he'd be the first to say GameStop's a terrible company, but, uh, <laughs> it was just sort of the perfect confluence of events. And I'm actually glad because yeah. it woke up so many people to the yeah. system mm -hmm. and how, 
you know, the market's been so manipulated and there's alternatives to that in crypto where, you know, Mm -hmm. you can be your own bank, you can take care of yourself, you can protect yourself. And I think that, that moment of what happened with GameStop, seeing it go up, seeing Robinhood ban all the purchases, it really red pilled a lot of people uh, to the financial system and it made them start to look at cryptocurrency. And yeah, I'm not necessarily yeah, stoked totally. that it made everyone start to look at Doge. And I think a lot of that is because uh, Doge is one of the like five cryptocurrencies you can buy on Robinhood. So when everyone exactly. got banned yeah. from my GameStop, <laughs> they all bought Doge and then the memes just took off. Um, but yeah. it's nice to see that eventually that could really uh, move into Bitcoin and Ethereum. No, and, and that's what I, I tweeted out like like right at the very beginning of the GameStop thing. I'm, I and once all these institutions started limiting, um, you know, you being able to buy GameStop, uh, especially with Robinhood, um, the tweet that I sent out, it was like, I said something like, oh, this is a really unique way to get people into Bitcoin, you know, and I like, I instantly knew I'm like, okay, this is going to be a really good way for people to wake up and realize, oh, wait, they've been doing this for years. And now it's just out in the open, you know, and it's kind of like, it really was like a red pill moment for a lot of people where they're just like, they're blown away. They couldn't understand why Robinhood can do this. And it's like, yes, welcome to Bitcoin, you know? So yes. it was, uh, I was just like, okay, you know what? This isn't the worst thing that ever happened. Like this is the greatest thing that's going to happen. It's kind of like that catalyst that's going to get people into cryptocurrency, whether you're a, a Bitcoin maximalist or, you know, Ethereum or a link Marine, whatever it is, just getting people into the space is probably the best thing to happen to it right now. Yep. And there's so much opportunity. Have you been getting into DeFi as well? Yeah. Oh, totally. I've, I'm going down all the uh, the rabbit holes right now. There's um, that, that um, uh, what's his name? Something Pomp. Um, he's got a podcast and everything. He's yeah. trying to get everyone to quit their jobs in, in, uh, in the, uh, the regular, in their, their regular jobs and come to the crypto space and, the, and everything. He's just trying to get people into the crypto uh, DeFi space and whatnot. Yeah. So, I think what's I really interesting. I love Pomp and he's, he's somewhat of a Bitcoin maximalist and I am too, yeah, he is. but yeah. he's at least <laughs> open to DeFi and I finally yeah. started checking mm-hmm. it out and it's so cool. Cause it's the opposite of Robinhood. You know, it's all these decentralized yeah. exchanges with no mm-hmm. KYC, which KYC means know your customer, which is where you have to yeah. put in your information as a person to be able to exchange coins, own coins, buy coins. Yeah. Um, you literally go on a site like Uniswap and you can trade for any coin, uh, no KYC. I just tried it out. I really? bought some coin that's like one cent. <laughs> it's just like a moonshot, <laughs> but uh, it's cool yeah. to be able to do it. Like I literally took my mm-hmm. Ethereum in on my computer. I didn't need permission from anyone to do it. And I did yeah. it. And it was the total opposite of the experience someone would have on Robinhood. So yeah. the growth is just exploding in the space. I know. I'm curious. I, I want to know the numbers on the exit from Robinhood, um, where people are going, like what other brokerage people are going. Like, I, cause I, I have a Fidelity and I started just using that instead. It's just the, uh, the user interface is just awful it's like made for boomers that don't know how to use the computer <laughs> so or anything. So it, it's still usable. It's still like, I can, I know how to use it. I know how to click around uh, because I'm not a boomer. I can figure it out on my own. But, um, but then I feel like the exit from also just like these brokerages into getting into crypto, I want to know these numbers. And I, I feel like it's going to come out a lot more just within the next few weeks. You're going to see a lot more people, obviously with the Elon news today, you know, just with everything going on with Robinhood. But I want to know like, how many people have left Robinhood? Webull makes it really easy to transfer your Robinhood stocks into Webull, but Webull was also another institution that limited GameStop for a little bit too, which right. might have been from there. But the nice thing is it's yeah. really their clearing, at least it wasn't like with Robinhood, it was their clearing house that was blocking yeah. them, mm-hmm. not them themselves, no, but it shows, hey, this company that may have your best interests at heart, they're still limited yeah. by their companies that they work with. Yeah, mm-hmm. 
no, totally. So I think it's just going to wake up people, but then also the exact same time people, they, they don't, they want, they want safety and security. You know, they don't want to kind of, you know, check on their own path and whatnot, you know, and, and we'll see what actually happens yep. later on, you know, and I, that's, that's just the thing where it's like, I'll tell people all about Bitcoin. And then now, now, like I'm getting all these text messages and it's just like, well, I'll just wait till the dip again. You know, I'm like, that's not going to happen. You got to get in now. You got to push forward now. I know there was know? just a dip on Ethereum to 1500 and now it's like a, two days ago and now it's pushing and that, 1800 and that's the dip because at the beginning of the year, it was like what, 350 or something like that. 400 after, after March. Yeah. And in like March that. it was oh my $80. God. <laughs> so, see now we're never going to see those numbers again man. but uh are you going all in are you gonna take one of those crypto jobs i mean you were just in the corporate world doing recruiting and headhunting but you said you left that yeah so i actually so i right now i'm in the process of getting all my medical records um i've been talking with uh the navy um and i, I really want to go into spec ops and so i just need it i, I don't want to like say too much to jinx anything but i just need my medical records cleared and then I'll be able to uh, start the time trials and like the physical screening test and uh, they'll pair me up. And for three months, I'll have to make sure I'm hitting my times, which is a mile and a half, pull-ups, push-ups. The guy, the the uh, the naval officer that I was talking to was like, I hope you can do a lot of pull-ups. And I was just like, okay. <laughs> so <laughs> like, yep, so that. that's kind of where I'm at right now. Yeah, so that's kind of where I'm at right now. And then uh, I, I honestly don't want to work a corporate job or be behind a computer ever again in my entire life. This body was made to move, baby. Was there a point where you're like, I'm done with this? <laughs> yeah, it was, um, it was, it's not, there's, there was no hard feelings with, uh, with my corporate job at all. I was left on amazing terms. You know, my, it, it's just, I personally am not made to sit behind a computer, you know, like I'm fidgeting the whole time. I'm jittery I'm right now. Around, while you know, and, I, and and that's probably because I've been slamming coffee though too, you know, but, but, uh, you know, it's just like, I, I feel like I need to be able to move. I can, you know, I, I have the ability to, to, to move as, as long as I do, you know, I, why not use this for, you know, put it to good use, um, you know, and, and put my mouth where, you know, put my money where my mouth is, you know, and, and actually like give back and whatnot. This is something that I've wanted to do since high school as well, where I, I took the ASB or I took the, the practice ASB back then. Um, but then I ended up going to college because we were told that we constantly need to just go to college, get a degree, you know, and that's the only way that you can make it in life, you know, where it's, it's not, there's so many different ways. If I can go back, I would have started in military first, you know, and then work on a trade or something like that, or gone to a trade school or something like that, where I can have an actual skill instead of communications degree. <laughs> right. You know? Well, we appreciate you coming on the but, podcast. Yeah. So you can share your thoughts clearly. <laughs> Yeah, I, I well, thanks so much for having me, man. This is an absolute blast. I, I seriously appreciate that. And that I know I could ramble and rant and whatnot. So hopefully people can kind of weed through and see what I was trying to say and whatnot. No, but. no, we love it. Let's finish up with a couple of things though. I wanna with your hands, you're talking with your hands, as you said, communication degree. <laughs> so it made me think about your hands again. How are your hands better now? I mean, did they start yes. to get used? Is two hundred pull ups a day okay for them? Do you find out some tricks? Is the perfect amount. 200 is the perfect amount. No problems at all. Nothing like that. I'm back to normal. I've got normal function functioning hands. Um, it was scary for a little bit though. I thought like, is, am I doing some like permanent damage? And I thought I was, but I'm okay. I'm completely fine. So good. I love good that. that. And I'm excited yeah. to see what happens with you in the military. Listen, my PT, so I'm doing physical therapy for my knee. He yes. had a couple yeah. questions for you. I was asking him like, Hey, what do you yeah. want to ask this guy? And he wanted to ask, yeah. do you have any pain? Just like residual pain anywhere? Uh, no, uh, uh, no pain. Um, my back definitely has gnarly knots in it. Like, like extremely gnarly knots that I have to like work them out. 
Um, but other than that, it's like, I, cause I do them strict. I'm not, I'm not like favoring one side versus the other. I made sure that I was actually like taking my time to go up and down. So I'm getting a complete, um, you know, like a complete contraction in, um, obviously my right side is going to be a little bit bigger than my left side though, but I, um, no, no pain. Yeah. No pain. <laughs> That's great. And then you wanted to know, what are you doing to balance your muscles? I mean, you said you're doing 10, 10 pushups too, and you're doing the 10 pull-ups. What'd you do to balance yeah. your muscles when you just took on so many? Um, yeah, that was with, and that was a big reason why I was doing a lot of pushups too. So like when you're doing a lot of the pulling, you want to make sure that you're doing the pushing as well. So it kind of evens out now. I really am, uh, you know, like if I now, like when I'm doing my workout, my workout splits are like, a, I'll do a push day and then a pull day. Um, you know, and I'm, I'm trying to be as, uh, you know, like when I'm doing back, I'll do, um, cause I just signed up for a gym. I'll do like, if I'm doing lap pull downs, I'll do the ones where you can have single control, single hand control. And then also like dumbbell, um, uh, dumb, uh, dumbbell rows and everything. So like, I'm getting the, uh, the actual single contraction on one side versus the other. So I can't favor versus one side versus the other, but I always make sure that whenever I'm working out, I always start on my left side, which is probably going to be weaker. And however many reps I can do, then I'll do that on my right side and whatnot. Yeah, so I got like into that. that like Sometimes that. I'll get paranoid and I'll be like, oh my gosh, I have to pick everything up with my left hand if I'm moving weights yeah. at the gym. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, totally. But then also like since my legs definitely um, started uh, getting way too skinny during quarantine because I wasn't running uh, at the very start of it. I actually built my own barbell and uh, I went to Ace Hardware, Hardware and I brought, um, I bought a like a, like a pipe. Um, and then I bought a bunch of like a gallon, one gallon, um, water bottles, filled them up with sand, uh, ended up getting both sides to about 55 pounds ish. Um, I got, I built my own barbell that weighed 120 pounds. So then I would like throw that on my back and start doing squats and lunges and everything. So I started <laughs> evening out my lower body compared to my upper body though, too. It was so, it was yeah, so fun. It was good. like, I, I felt, I felt so accomplished after I built that. All right. And my, uh, PT had one more question for you. What are you doing for your stabilizer muscles? I didn't even know these are things, but I guess like, it's really good to do a lot of band work, you know, things yeah. like that, all those little tiny stabilizer muscles, um, that, yeah. uh, support your primary movers, which I guess would be your lats, your deltoids, things like that. Yeah, totally. So for stabilizers, I actually got, um, one of the first things that I did buy during quarantine was, uh, uh, a set of bands and I was doing all band workouts. Um, that was like any extra resistance training was with my bands and everything too. So um, I don't have like an actual strict regiment for stabilizers. So don't tell your PT that it's probably not gonna <laughs> make him very happy. <laughs> but but I definitely, I, I do understand like how important that is to do like, uh, you know, like the static holds and things like that too. So I'll do like a lot of planks, of course, you know, I'll do a lot of like with the bands, like slow contraction, slow down, slow up, whatever I'm gonna be doing. Um, but not near as much as your PT probably wants me to be doing. <laughs> hey, he's probably happy to just hear you did some. I mean, he, I think he yeah. imagined you as just that guy who's trying to be a Navy SEAL who was just meatball douchebag, you know? <laughs> yeah. No, it's totally, These are cool. They have that, so much knowledge. Honestly, part of that totally. for people mm -hmm. who feel like they hit plateaus, even though they have a really yeah. strong work ethic and I'm, I'm somewhere yeah. in between you and the person who sits on the couch. Um, so I can always push <laughs> harder to get those gains and get over that uh -huh. plateau. But honestly, the, the things that the PT has taught me have really helped in terms of plateaus as well. Yeah. They no, have a lot good. of tricks. And, and when that was like, when I started studying for my, uh, NASM, uh, the, uh, the NASM, uh, CPT, uh, the certification in personal training, um, there was a big part, the big, 
like it's like a, a pyramid of strength training and whatnot. The first foundation is, you know, your mobilization and your stabilization, like having the flexibility and also the ability to do even, you know, perform these workouts. You have to make sure that you have the stabilized, uh, stabilizing muscles in check. So, you know, whether, and like I was a pitcher back in, and back in high school for baseball uh, and, and like you would do like the static holds of just like with your leg up and, and whatnot. So it's like, I still work on my balance. I have a boasted ball where I'd be kind of like doing things like that, uh, where I'd watch, I, I used to watch like a show for 30 minutes and be on the boasted ball the whole time working on my legs and, and whatnot. <laughs> so it's like, I, I still have, I have that, that principle, but now I just want to live heavy. <laughs> you ever try but, to, uh, but I know how important it is. Did you ever try to work out while you were working? Oh, totally. Okay. So, um, I hope none, none of my coworkers would listen to this, but I, <laughs> I want them to listen to it, but, but, um, there but also no. so many co- no, there'd be so many conference calls where I would just be doing pull-ups during them. And I would just hope to God that no one would say like, oh, Evan, you know, like, what are your thoughts or anything like that? I would just turn off my camera. I would have the, the, the conference call going or whatever it was, like whether it's like the 30 minute meeting on Monday, you know, that we all have to be on. And then they started getting wise and started making us uh, sit in front of the camera during those times. So I uh, <laughs> definitely at the very beginning though, I was just working out the whole time during it. How many pull-ups <laughs> did you get off? Do you think uh, while on conference calls, do you think you broke a thousand? Um, on a conference call, if it was a 30 minute call, I would, I would make sure that I would knock out 300. So that means I was doing about, I would, um, every in, in like 25 minutes, I would probably knock out about 300. That's funny, man. Yeah. So it was a good time. It was, uh, it was definitely, uh, the peak of quarantine was, uh, you know, I miss, I miss, um, I missed that period of quarantine where all I did was watch Avatar and work out. <laughs> that was fun for me. <laughs> I love it. Well, listen, this has been a good time, everyone. I appreciate you listening and uh, we're glad to have Evan on the show. Yeah. Hey, seriously, thanks so much for having me, man. This was an absolute blast. I, I love being able to talk to you about this too. And I, I really appreciate you messaging me and then asking for tips, you know, so feel free, anyone, if you have questions or anything, if you just want to tell me I'm stupid for even doing a uh, hundred thousand pull-ups, go for it. Slide yeah, what's your ad on Instagram? People want to message you <laughs> uh, at Evan Voidston. That's and that's probably the easiest way to find me. Just because then on on my Instagram, uh, you can see my, the link to my uh, to my little blog, uh, Twitter, all that. But at Evan Voidston on Instagram. I love it. DM this guy. You're gonna learn a lot, and uh, you're gonna do big things in the military, man. Thanks for coming on. I appreciate that, man. Seriously, thanks so much, Matt.